and welcome to What the Kids Said Today, the parenting show that is more than a show. It's the village that you've been searching for. I'm Kendra Wise, and I cannot wait to dive into the deep end of all things parenting with you as we build our village together. Hey everyone, welcome back to What the Kids Said Today. This is Kendra Wise, and I'm here to talk to you about Halloween today. This year, Halloween seems to be getting me kind of all up in my feelings, I guess. Um, Last year was really rough on us around this time of year, and now it's really making me want to do at all things Halloween, which is a lot. As I'm sure you know, the month of October is Halloween in my eyes, not just October 31st. But last year, we almost missed Halloween. Kid you not, I literally nearly forgot all about it. That's how crazy life was at that time. Last summer, I think July or August, I don't even remember, my husband and I came to the realization that we needed to move. There was a lot of changes happening for both of us and came down to basically we're both going to be out of jobs and would not be able to work in the state of Maine anymore. Uh, I had a very successful home child care business that I loved. You know, I had been doing it for years and it had been full right from the start like I started advertising and within two weeks it was full before I could even open because of licensing or couldn't open quite yet and it stayed full even through COVID I had a couple families keep their kids home during that but I was able to fill those spots and keep everything going we never shut down and thankfully nobody got COVID and I really miss that Uh, we I don't have a home daycare here Um, but what happened was there was a law in Maine that was it had been voted on a while back but for whatever reason it wasn't actually going to go into effect until last September And what that law did was make it so that kids, in order to go to school or daycare, they had to be up to date on all vaccines. And in the past, there there was room for um, medical, religious, and philosophical exemptions. But now with this new law, it would be strictly medical exemptions which for our family wasn't going to work because while my youngest son, he was not even two at the time, but we were holding off on some vaccines because he had um, a bit of a traumatic birth, both for him and me. 
we didn't know it at the time, but he was stuck throughout my pregnancy, or at least we think so. We didn't really know that he was stuck until delivery. He was, his shoulder was stuck underneath my pelvic bone, which in hindsight, uh, now I realize that's why he didn't move when he was in utero. He hardly ever moved and his movements when he did have them were so small. I always worried that something was wrong. As you know, they tell you to count the kicks and the baby should move this many times within a certain time period and he never did. But whenever I would go get checked, they do an ultrasound, be like, oh, he's growing so well. He was huge. And his heart beats good. You know, there's nothing wrong. You're fine. He's fine. It's okay. So that was very reassuring at the time. But it turns out it was wrong. He was stuck. And so during his very quick delivery, because I was induced because he just wasn't coming and now and it, he was like a week overdue and now that I also realized that was probably also because he was stuck but so I was induced and then from the time that they started the medication to when he was born even with being stuck it was two hours so it was very quick but once he got to the point of crowning which if you've had a baby, you know, that's like the worst part. Well, he got stuck there. Yeah, so imagine that for a minute, right? So he's crowning, have a contraction, push, nothing. Wait, another contraction, push, nothing. He's not moving. So this nurse comes over with both hands in her or at least what feels like her full weight she pushes on my stomach to push him out of there because that was the only way unless it ended up being an emergency c-section which is what would have happened if she was unsuccessful in getting him out so i'm really glad she did it although at the time i had no idea what was happening they didn't tell me oh your baby is stuck and we need to get him out Nope, she just did it. And I was literally like, what are you doing? Get off of me. Like I could barely get the words out because it hurt so much. And there was so much pressure there. But he got out. Thank goodness. Did not have to have an emergency C-section. But boy, do I wish we had known that earlier because... It probably would have been a lot easier to get him unstuck way earlier in the pregnancy when he was smaller. My belly would have been smaller. It might have been easier to move him. Because I'm pretty sure that's actually how it happened that he got stuck because I had um, a condition, and now I'm not gonna remember the name of it, but basically, the placenta was blocking my cervix. Oh, placenta previa, that's the word. And so it was something that had to be monitored because if it didn't move naturally, I would have had to have a C-section because nothing, the cervix would have been blocked and, you know, baby wouldn't be able to go through. 
but in order to check it they had to do ultrasounds and during one of those ultrasounds they had to push him out of the way so they could get a good view and they pushed him right over to where he got stuck so i'm pretty sure that's what happened which is unfortunate uh, that that wasn't caught earlier because that could have saved us both a lot of pain because throughout the pregnancy i was in pain my leg would go numb it was hard to like put pants on even because I couldn't lift my legs very far because it would hurt too much. And for him, I mean, I don't know if it caused him physical pain when he was being pushed on from in the womb to get him out, but it caused him some harm in his shoulder that we still see even now that he's just turned three years old. He, he doesn't move his arm quite the same as he should, but he does fine. He moves like crazy. He's a wild thing. <laughs> so it's not slowing him down any, but anyways, so because of that, you know, he was stuck at crowning. So there's a lot of pressure there, right? So he came out purple, which of course scared us. That was not a good thing. He also had some jaundice and there were some issues. So we delayed some vaccines just to be sure that if there were problems with him developmentally, that we knew it wasn't from that. And we knew that it was most likely from the birth experience that he had. So we were delaying that, but we, we weren't going to be able to get a medical exemption for him because it wasn't our reason, our medical reasoning for delaying had nothing to do with anything the vac that happened with the vaccine. So nothing there. And then my daughter, we were also, we stopped vaccines for her because she did have a scary, scary reaction to a vaccine. Um, it was at her four year well child check. She went and got her vaccines just like she always did. But Afterwards, she couldn't walk. And she would wake up screaming in pain. Um, every time she, she went to sleep and when she woke up, she would just scream in pain. And she couldn't walk. She would hop around. She was four. So she, she would just hop on one foot and like hold on to things to get around. And um, that went on for like two weeks. And we took her back to the pediatrician and told them like, what is happening? Like this, this has to be from the vaccine. She just got it. And then this happened like the next morning she woke up and couldn't walk. And she had gotten, of course, um, multiple vaccines that day as they usually do. There was one vaccine that had like all in one shot that had like three or four vaccines. And then there were like one or two other ones. But um, the doctor said it was most likely, they can't know for sure, of course, but most likely it was the polio vaccine. Um, but again, no medical exemption because it was not life-threatening. 
temporarily not being able to walk is just not good enough for them. So we were going to have to vaccinate our kids even though we did not feel safe doing that. I, we could not risk her going through that again and who knows, possibly having it be permanent next time. So we were not going to risk that just so that we could stay and keep our jobs. We weren't going to do that to her. So, and the reason for me that I would not be able to keep my job because of that is because as a home childcare provider, I would be forced to make all those families, including my own, be vaccinated, whether they wanted it or not, which obviously I wasn't comfortable with that for my own family. So I really wasn't comfortable doing it to anybody else either. Like, I never worried about if people were vaccinated or not. And I just, and I knew that I had a few families coming into my program that fall that <clears throat> were not and would not because I was switching over my program actually from a home childcare business to preschool and homeschool group. So like two days a week in the morning for like three hours, it was going to be preschool. And the other two days for a few hours was going to be a homeschool group. And I had already had uh, several families enroll and we had talked about this. We talked about this law and we talked about how we both felt and in the end, I just couldn't do that to them or to my kids. And I wouldn't have been allowed to keep my business open. And then on top of that, so even if we had decided to stay like and close my business, we couldn't, we couldn't have afforded the cost of living there with one income, right? And I couldn't get a job and send my kids to childcare or school because that wouldn't be allowed. So on top of that, my husband was facing termination from his job because basically the same thing, more or less. That same law affected his work because he is in healthcare and he he's up to date on his vaccines, you know, but he, doesn't do the flu shot and now that was going to be included and it hadn't been previously for them in the past you know if you didn't want a flu shot you just wear a mask during flu season which they were already doing anyway but all year long because of COVID so he didn't want to get that and um, then on top of that now it's also the COVID vaccine was like still pretty new at that time but he did not want to get that but there there's no longer any exemptions in Maine other than medical and well he had never gotten the COVID shot before so because I mean Nobody had, like, 
unless they got it just then. But so he'd never had a reaction to it. And that was pretty much the only medical exemption you could get is if you had a life-threatening reaction like anaphylaxis to a specific vaccine. So of course he'd never had, he'd never taken it. So he couldn't get an exemption and there's no longer religious or philosophical exemptions. So nope, he was gonna lose his job and I'd be out of a job. So we realized we could not stay there. And that was a really hard thing to come to because for me, I had lived in New England my entire life, born in Mass, lived in Maine since I was a child. I barely even really left New England. I mean, a few little vacations maybe, but I'd always lived there. It was my home, and my family was there. My parents lived there when they were alive. Um, both my sisters lived in New England. My youngest brother also lived in Maine. My aunts, my Nana, although I never really saw them anywhere near as much as I should or enough, but they were there. And now we had to figure out where are we going to go? So we did a lot of research to figure it out and uh, basically looked at every state in the country to figure out what would be best for all areas of our lives. You know, we considered cost of living, of course, because that was a big part of why we couldn't stay in Maine. We looked at uh, vaccine laws. We looked at homeschooling laws because we homeschool um, the housing market, which thankfully was in a really good place when we decided to move. At least a really good place for us anyway. So eventually we decided Oklahoma. Oklahoma was the place we needed to go. Not really the place we wanted to go. Like we used to talk about moving every single year because Maine winters suck. So every winter we're like, oh, we should move somewhere warm. We should go somewhere else. This is awful because, <laughs> you know, it's windy and beyond cold and hard to get out and do things, especially with young kids that don't want to be cold. And our daughter was like, she still kind of is, but when she was little, she's still little, when she was littler, she would get extremely cold very easily. Her hands would turn purple and like, we were kind of worried she might have Raynaud syndrome, but now we're not so sure. But anyways, so we'd always talked about moving, but I'll tell you, Oklahoma never came up. Not once. And I had never been there. I had never been to Oklahoma before moving here. My husband had been here, but it was like more than a decade ago. And... When he was here, it was very short. It was like, I think he said he was here for like two months or something. And it was because he was in the military. So it wasn't like he really knew the area 
or anything like that. And he was 17. Just left home, joined the military. So we were really moving blindly, completely blindly, other than what we found on the internet, <laughs> looking up Oklahoma. We knew nothing. So we tried to find the best place in Oklahoma, and I think we actually did a really good job with that. We ended up happy with the decision overall in the end. But in the moment of deciding, I was like so upset because I thought for sure that I would hate this place. I, you know, it's a big city because we are just outside of Oklahoma City. So it's a big city, especially to me, <laughs> living in Maine, where the biggest city is Portland. And if you know Maine at all, you know that's not a big city. But yeah, so this place was huge and I couldn't picture it. I was like just picturing it being like Boston or even New York City, which is crowded, traffic is horrible. Just, and I knew my sense of direction is pretty much the worst in the world. Like, literally got lost going, excuse me, going for a run with my son one night. And thank goodness I brought my phone because I was so lost that I had to use the GPS to find our way home. We were just within our little neighborhood. <laughs> so that's how easy it is for me to get lost. So I knew in a big city I was just going to be completely overwhelmed and hate it. I thought it would be dirty, but none of those things ended up being true, thankfully. Well, I still, I mean, I don't know my way around and it's been a year and I would get lost without a GPS, but at least it's easy to get around. The traffic is like nothing. Uh, well, not quite nothing compared to Maine, but it's nothing like Boston or New York. It's traffic flows much more smoothly. So that was <laughs> really good because I hate driving and driving in traffic's even worse. But yeah, we found a house here completely blindly. Like we never came to see the house because we sold our house in Maine. Like we put it on the market on a Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon and on Friday we had two showings and we got an offer it was above asking we accepted it so three days and we're under contract and we're like oh so we're closing on our house in 30 days we need to find a house how are we gonna do that I'm running a business I can't leave to take a trip to Oklahoma to look at houses. And honestly, we didn't have the money to do that anyway. So even if we did have time, that wasn't going to happen. So jumped on Zillow, started looking, just found a house that I liked, contacted the realtor through Zillow and set up a little like video chat showing and we put in an offer and it was actually denied. And we were like, oh crap, <laughs> like gotta keep looking. And then like a week 
or so later, the realtor calls and tells me, oh, you know, I have good news, but very sad news. Um, the house that you wanted is back on the market. The contract fell through with the last people because this is so sad. Um, the husband passed away unexpectedly, and so they had to back out. Like, so awful. Not the way we wanted to get our house, but um, that's what happened. And which was kind of like, oh, this is like meant for us. So we go ahead and go through that whole process and we're under contract. <laughs> so, and closing on that house, just like, I forget, I think like a week after closing on our house in Maine. So we had some time though. We had to stay in Maine for a bit um, because my sister was getting married at the end of September. So we stuck around for that. We packed up our house, which was insane because like I said, we have this daycare. So the whole downstairs of our house was my childcare. And I couldn't touch any of that to pack up or anything until I closed, which we closed, I believe it was on August 30th or maybe the 27th, doesn't matter. Very end of August. Um, and then had to be out of the house on September 10th. So a lot to do in that short time. So all through this, as upset as I am that we have to move and that we have to move all the way to Oklahoma, to some place I've never even seen, didn't really think about that at all through this whole thing because it was so crazy and busy so I never really thought too much about it as far as like how it made me feel so yeah we pack up the house in like a week and by pack up I really mean we got rid of like almost everything we owned all of the daycare stuff, which is, like I said, our whole downstairs, we sold or gave away to other daycares. So luckily that went fast because daycare people are always looking for new furniture, equipment, toys, arts and crafts stuff, all of that. So that went quickly. And we basically we ended up bringing our beds, our clothes, and we let each kid pick some toys of theirs to keep that would fit in a little backpack that they could have with them in the car. Everything else was gone. Got rid of it. And we and some kitchen things, but probably only like half of our kitchen stuff came with us. So, you know, we packed up our three little U-Haul pods and our minivan. And we sent the U-Haul off, they took that, and we drove in the minivan. They stored the U-Haul pods for us, really, until 
October 1st, I think it was, so that we could stay in Maine for my sister's wedding, which was really actually great that we were able to do that because, well, obviously I wasn't going to leave with and miss my sister's wedding. That would be awful. But it also allowed us, so we went and stayed in a hotel in New Hampshire nearby where they live for 10 days, which is awful. If you've ever stayed in a hotel with three young kids, you know. So my youngest was, well, he actually turned to while we were staying in that hotel. And then we had, Aurora was four and Micah was seven. So three kids staying in a hotel for 10 days before driving to Oklahoma where we'd stay in more hotels and being in, in the car all the time. But it allowed me to be able to go to my sister's bachelorette party and her bridal shower and help her to get her house ready for her wedding because they had their reception at the house. So I was in there a lot, spending time with them cleaning, I helped them clean that house a lot, clean their bathrooms, everything. Um, did whatever I could to help them get ready. So there was a lot, there was a lot going on and I just kind of pushed my feelings about it all to the side, except for when my sisters would not let me, <laughs> which of course was frustrating for me because I was trying to ignore it all. So I kind of lost it in the middle of my sister's bachelorette party. Ugly cried for two seconds uh, because I don't remember which one. One of them said something about me leaving, leaving them. Um, I just couldn't, couldn't do it. So, but then we continued on and I just pushed that down again and kept on going, which by the way is not what you should do. <laughs> not a healthy response. You should definitely allow yourself to feel what you feel. But in the moment, I didn't feel like I had time for that basically. And um, anyway, we went to her wedding and that was fun. And it was, it was a good day. Um, and then we left the next morning, like first thing in the morning. I think it was maybe 6 a.m. We got up, packed up everything from the hotel into the minivan and started driving and drove through New York and all that. And I think we went through New York. We must have. And we made it to Pennsylvania and we didn't make it to our first stop on time. I had planned out all these like for each day a different spot to like explore and we didn't make it to the first one on time it was like a nice little hike and to a waterfall which I love waterfalls I could spend a whole day just sitting by a waterfall I have actually and it's just so peaceful and like just being in nature feels so good so but we didn't make it in time it was too close to sunset we like started out on the hike and there was another family coming back and they were like, you are not going to make it before dark. <laughs> like, There's no way. And I was like, what if we run? <laughs> and they were like, 
no, you should go now. So we did, and we drove a bit more and found a hotel, and we did not. And I, I really wanted to like just get a hotel really close by and just go do it in the morning. But my husband was smarter and was like, no, we need to continue driving as planned and stay in a hotel so we can make it to our next stop tomorrow. But of course, me, I'm like trying to just, you know, take our time. But he's like, no, we got five days. Let's, we need to like make it there. I'm like, okay, fine. Which turns out to be a really good idea. You'll, you'll see why. But that's what we did every morning, except after that, we got up even earlier. It was more like 4.30, 5 o'clock. I think by 5 o'clock, we'd be ready to go in the minivan, all packed up, which was good because, you know, the traffic wasn't as bad. The kids were still kind of sleepy, so they would sometimes go back to sleep, which was really nice. And we'd just drive for like three or four hours before stopping our, at our next stop and we'd explore. Like we went to like some, we actually ended up going to another hike that also had a waterfall. And we went to um, some caves, which were pretty cool, except the entrance to the cave, if you don't like spiders, oh, awful, awful. Like I almost changed my mind it didn't, and just didn't go in. The spiders were many and they were huge. Even my, my oldest was like, mom, don't look, there's big, big spiders. I was like, I know, buddy, it's okay. <laughs> like trying to be brave for them. But really I was crouching down as low as I could, like right up close to my husband behind him, like holding on to him. So I could use him as a guide because I was closing my eyes. <laughs> I was like, I cannot see these. I cannot, I cannot look at these. Just like, wanted to like push my husband along to make him go faster so we could get out of that part. But I, I was so worried that that's how the whole cave would be. And I don't know what I would have done if it was. So I'm really glad that it was just that front part and that we did not have to go back through there to get out. But after that, it was super cool. The caves were awesome and it was fun. And we all had a good time. So we did things like that every day until about the third or fourth day, I get a phone call from my sister, the one that just got married, telling me, hey, you've been exposed to COVID. Although she didn't actually lead with that. She was more like, you know, Josh is in the hospital. That's her new husband. Um, he's not doing well. He's coughing up blood. And like, like what happened? He was fine. Like a couple days ago, he had a kidney stone, but other than that, he was, he was good. And that's when she told me, he has COVID. I'm like, oh no. And not only did he have COVID, she had COVID, and both of her sons had COVID. And I was like, I just was with you guys so much. 
drove in the car with the two boys um, to go to the rehearsal on Friday, um, was in their house, spent the night, was cleaning their bathrooms, and the rest of their house, like, so not just like a little exposure passing by, but major exposure. And I was like, this is not a time to get sick. You know, we're traveling across the country. <laughs> like, what? And I had already started feeling a little cruddy. And if she hadn't told me that, I wouldn't have thought I was getting sick. I just felt kind of run down, which to be expected, living in a hotel for 10 plus days and moving and all the driving and everything. So I didn't think anything of it until she told me that. So I told my husband and he was like, okay, we're just going to drive through the rest of the way. No more fun stops or anything like that. We're just going to go. So it's a good thing we didn't spend an extra day in Pennsylvania at the beginning of the trip because that would have made it a lot harder. And luckily we were able to get here, unpack our stuff out of the U-Haul, put our beds together, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, we tried to unpack more stuff, but we did both end up getting sick. Very, very sick. Um, our kids, luckily, were like totally fine. They didn't get sick at all. There was one moment when I thought our youngest might have been sick, but I'm not sure. He, uh, he had been running around, and I'm pretty sure he was also eating at the time, and he just like stopped and puked. And then that was it. He was fine. No fever, no cough. Nothing. So I, I tend to think that it was just because he was running around while eating. But who knows? But he was fine. He didn't get like us, that's for sure. My husband and I both ended up really in bad shape. Like, we were in bed for weeks. The only time I got up, really, was to change the little diaper and to give them food. And that was it. Because I was beyond fatigued like if you've had COVID you might be able to relate depending on how bad you had it like the fatigue is worse than anything like worse than becoming a new mom and being like a mom <laughs> like it was really bad and I was so nauseous like doing anything made me nauseous like I couldn't eat couldn't drink getting up would make me nauseous just being upright the best thing for me was just laying flat on my stomach. And that was pretty much the only time I didn't feel nauseous. I didn't eat anything at all for four days straight. And even leading up to that, I wasn't eating much. It was like saltines. Same for after those four days. It was like, yay, I ate a cracker today and I didn't puke. And that was a milestone even fluids like I couldn't drink water I would take even just the smallest sip of water and I would just be so nauseous 
So I just stopped, which obviously is dangerous, especially when you're sick, but really any time for that long of a period of time. So thankfully, my big sister to the rescue, uh, she was a lifesaver. My sister Jen sent things through shipped. Um, she sent everything, COVID tests, medicine, food, easy food, super easy food, thankfully, because our kids were not sick. So they had just as big of appetites as they always do, which is big for some of them. And they're also picky. Well, my daughter is anyway, the boy's not as much, but she's super picky. Um, and I didn't have the energy to cook. I barely had the energy to do, to prepare the stuff that she sent, like, and that was just like those microwavable mac and cheese cups, frozen dinner, those type of things. And just to do that took all the energy I had. You know, I'd get up, get whatever it was out and sit back down and then get back up and put it in the microwave and sit back down while it cooked and then get it and give it to them and go back to bed. Like, I don't really know how my kids survived that month. Because it was, I mean, we weren't fully bed bound the whole month, but at least like two weeks of it was like, we had to be in bed unless there was something we really had to do for the kids. I don't know what they did with all that time. They were really good. Like they didn't bug us or anything. We were very strict. So they were not allowed in our bedroom not allowed which because that was where we spent our most time our most time the most time <laughs> and that bathroom is where I uh, would get sick I avoided using the other one as much as possible for that and we just stayed in there as much as possible because well we needed to be laying down and we didn't want to be near them because we didn't want them to get it so I don't know what they did that whole time. It's not like they had um, TV. We didn't have our TVs out of the boxes and we didn't have internet yet because we couldn't have anyone come and hook it up because we couldn't let them in our house. So I don't, I really don't know what they did. I don't know, but they were great. They did great. Thankfully, they didn't get sick. They were well behaved. I think they just knew that we were in such bad shape that they were like, okay, we'll be good for now. <laughs> um, we didn't, neither of us ended up having to go to the hospital. Although it was, it was really close. Um, there was one day that oh, I was so scared. I thought for sure my husband was going to have to call the ambulance because I had been throwing up and coughing everything so much. And I went to change Luca's diaper and I went into a coughing fit in the middle of it. And I just couldn't stop and I couldn't breathe. And I had to send our oldest to go get my husband out of bed so he could come and finish the diaper change. I couldn't finish changing his diaper. So he came and I 
I went to the bathroom thinking, okay, with this, I'm going to puke again, even though I haven't eaten. I have, there's nothing in me to puke up, but I was coughing so bad. I was, I couldn't breathe. And, um, I didn't end up puking. I just sat there just trying to breathe. And I checked my oxygen and it was at 83%. That is extremely low. Like my father had lung cancer and his doctors had told him, you know, anytime your oxygen is at 90 or below, you need to be on oxygen. So 83% is dangerously low. And I could not, I could not catch my breath. I couldn't stop coughing. I was terrified, not only that I'd have to go to the hospital, but there was a moment where I was, so, I was scared that someone wouldn't get there fast enough to help me. You know, I was scared that if I couldn't stop this coughing, if I couldn't catch my breath, that my oxygen would just drop even lower and lower. But luckily, my husband finished the diaper change and grabbed the medicine that my sister sent, yay Robitussin, severe cough and flu with honey, um, because that was the only thing, that was the thing that helped. Uh, he gave me that, and I took it, and it helped, and it helped fast. I was so surprised, <laughs> honestly, that it helped when it was so severe. And um, I was able to stop coughing. And when I did, my oxygen went back up. Not back to normal. It was not normal at all throughout all of this time with COVID, but I, I was able to get back up to like 90% and be, you know, relatively okay, at least compared to that coughing fit. But so that was a really, really scary time. Um, so with all this happening, <laughs> as soon as we got here, I, again, I didn't really have time to process or even think about the fact that we were here and in this new place that I've never seen. And I felt like, well, I still hadn't seen it. We were living here all month and we still hadn't seen it because we were in our house, in our bedroom for that whole month. The only time I really thought about it was, you know, once I realized that both my husband and I were both doing really bad because he, he did really bad too. He, he didn't have the nausea and vomiting as much as I did, but he had an extremely high fever, like 103 for over a week. He would just shake. He would be all bundled up as much as he could. And it was like 90 degrees out at the time. So it's not like it was cold in the house at all. And he would just bundle up and just shake, like his full body, like shaking uncontrollably 
So we were both doing really bad. And at one point I reached out to my sisters and was like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what to do. Like, we're both so sick. I feel like we're neglecting our kids. Like, what, what do we do? So that was really the only moment that I thought about, like, wow, what did we do moving here? We have no family. We, no, we have no network, no support system here. So, but I was too sick to really think about it for very long because I fell asleep probably. Um, but, and then even after that, like we got better towards the end of the month. We made it to Halloween. My, I think I got better a bit sooner than my husband, but I also got sick earlier. So I think we were sick probably about the same amount of time that I started feeling well enough that I could leave the house a little bit. And like that last week or so before Halloween. And by leave the house, I meant go for a walk, <laughs> like around the block. Because although I was better, I wasn't testing positive anymore. The cough was there, but it wasn't like that, like productive cough. It was like that irritated throat kind of cough because of all the coughing and all the vomiting and everything. And that actually lasted for months. Um, I struggled with that for a long time. I had to, if I was going to go shopping for like groceries, I had to bring my water with me because without it, I could get in trouble <laughs> with all that coughing. Um, and that would then make it hard to breathe again because my oxygen level also took a long time to get back to normal. So, yeah. Um, my husband still had a, that fever really stuck with him for a long time. And, um, but anyway, so it was starting to be better towards the end of the month, but we weren't really doing much. And, uh, it wasn't until, oh, I think <laughs> the day of Halloween, actually, that we really thought about Halloween at all. And it was only because my oldest was like, it's Halloween, we're going to go trick-or-treating. I was like, what? No. Please, no. <laughs> like, I don't know if I have the energy for that. But I, I couldn't, like, say no either. I mean, after keeping them in the house for a month and not really interacting with them like we normally do that whole time and so it's like okay um you don't have any costumes what are we gonna do we had one costume of all the dress up things that we had from the child care back in maine we brought one but and it was actually because my daughter said she's like oh no don't get rid of that one i want to be that for halloween so, yay, one costume down. <laughs> um, but the boys didn't have anything. But Micah, my oldest, he, so creative and loves to make things, was like, I'm going to make my costume. I was like, oh, okay. So he grabbed 
one of the hundreds of boxes that we had in the house and cut a big turtle shape, a turtle shell out of it and drew the lines and colored it and everything. And all I had to do was figure out how he was going to wear it. So we rigged it like kind of like a backpack with string and that held up for most of the night for the few houses that we made it to. <laughs> uh, we didn't, we went trick-or-treating, but it was really late because we had to make our costumes and I made Luca's costume. That's our youngest. He just turned two at the time. And so I grabbed some of Aurora's black leggings and a black long sleeve shirt of his. And I painted it with white paint to be a skeleton, but it took forever to dry. So we ended up going out late, even though I used the hair dryer, you know, standing in the kitchen, just doing that, trying to dry it still took a long time. And, um, but we went and most of the houses, their lights were off. And apparently our neighborhood is big on Halloween. There's like, most people turn their lights on and hand out candy. There's a couple haunted houses and there's, um, as my son calls her, the hot dog lady is out every year, hands out hot dogs. Um, so it, it's apparently very big, but we were just late. So there were very few houses, which I was actually really thankful for because, like I said, I, I didn't have COVID anymore, but I wasn't back to myself either. So we just did one block and that was it. And I was like, good, it's too dark. No one has their lights on. Let's, that's good. So yeah, we got that done. But now this year, this year I'm really like, really starting to feel the move, I guess. Like it's been a year, we haven't been home, back home. And this year we're doing all the Halloween things, everything, because we didn't last year. So we've, we've been to the farm, we've got the pumpkins, we painted the pumpkins. Um, we did the hayride. We, well, still working on costumes, but we know what we're going to be. <laughs> um, my youngest is going to use the dinosaur costume that Aurora wore last year, and I think she wore it the year before that, and Micah had worn it the year before that. So the last dinosaur year, um, and Micah, oh, thank goodness he's so, so flexible sometimes, not always, but because his costume, well, it took him a long time to come to the decision of what he wanted to be. He is a terrible decision maker. So it was hard for him to come up with the fact that he was going to be Mario. We're like, awesome, super easy costume to make, which is really important for me. I'm not crafty. I love to do um, homemade costumes, and that's, I think, the way we'll go from now on. But yeah, simple is best.
So I was like, yes, we'll just get some overalls, red shirt, and a hat, put an M on it, you're good. Well, apparently there are no overalls. Checked Amazon. There's some on there, but it's like, usually ships within two months or out of stock. So I'm like, okay. We went to our local children's consignment store, scoured all the aisles, all the pants, and no overalls. Okay, so I went to Target. Nothing. No overalls in the whole boy section, except for, of course, in the infants who... Who wants to put their baby in overalls? That's so annoying to change them. But anyway, no overalls in his size. So we're like, what are we going to do? What are you going to be? And he's like, oh, Halloween is such hard decisions. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry, buddy. But little sister to the rescue is like next year I'm going to be Sonic and Mike is like whoa <laughs> that's a great idea I was like you want to be Sonic awesome how do we do that you need to wear all blue and he's like yeah and I need spikes at least five to six and a tail and I'm like okay it's getting more involved but then on the rack, there is a blue Sonic the Hedgehog zip-up sweater that has like the belly, has the spikes down the hood, and a little picture of Sonic on the front of it, on like the front of the hood, be right over his forehead. Like, will this work, Micah? Is this cool? He's like, yeah. Found him some sweatpants that are more or less the same color blue. Like, phew, saved. <laughs> Thank you. Two Halloween costumes done. Yay. But then there's Aurora, who also changed her mind over and over about what she wanted to be for Halloween this year. First, she wanted to be, um, she wanted to be a mummy. She wanted to be a ghost. She wanted to be a spider. I think she, for like two seconds, wanted to be one of the princesses, but that didn't really stick for very long. But she, I don't know, she seems like she's more of a Halloween, spooky kind of Halloween costume girl. But then she was like, I want to be a ghost and a spider. I was like, nope. I have no idea how to do that. No clue. Pick one. <laughs> and she's like, but I could be... A ghost on top and a spider on the bottom. Like, I have no idea how to do that. Pick one. Ghosts are super easy. All you need is a white sheet. Why don't you be that? And she was not having it. She did not like that plan at all. So I was like, a ghost and a spider? Really? How are we going to be a ghost and a spider? So then I was just like, well, what about a ghost spider? Is that a thing? I really have no idea because I try not to know too much about spiders because they literally make me sick. Like, yeah, anyway, <laughs> can't talk about that. Anyway, so I was like, maybe, maybe that's a thing. You want to be that? <laughs> She's like, yeah. I was like, okay, let's find out if that's a thing. Google that real quick. I'm like, it is. 
A ghost spider is actually a real type of spider, so you could be that. It's just a white spider. You can make a white spider costume. So, yay, she finally made a decision. She stuck to it, although she did try to change it yesterday. And I was like, no, Halloween is right around the corner, days away. I haven't made your costume yet, but I have everything that I need to do it. So no, <laughs> save it for next year. She had changed her mind because I was giving ideas to Micah to help him pick something new when Mario didn't work out. And she really liked my idea of being a dog. <laughs> was, I was like, yeah, you just dress in brown. We do a little, paint a little you know, puppy face on your face, get you some ears and a little tail. And if we can uh, get you a harness and put you on a leash. And she was like, I want to be that. It's like, no, sorry. Next year, you can be that. So at least we have next year planned for one kid. Not really, though. She'll forget about it. And even if she doesn't, she'll change her mind about a thousand and two times between now and then. So anyway, she's going to be a ghost spider, which I'm like, okay, this is going to be the most involved costume I've ever made. Granted, Luca's skeleton costume from last year is the only other one I've ever made. So it doesn't really take much. But I'm like, I had to Google it. I was like, how do I make a spider costume? And it involves sewing. I don't sew. I have sewn before a little bit, like buttons onto things. Maybe a couple really messy patches back in the day, but I'm gonna, I got her like white sweatpants and a white sweatshirt and long white socks that I'm gonna stuff with something and then sew the socks onto her shirt and then attach those with string so that when she moves her arms, they all move. I'm pretty excited for it to be done and to see it. Not so much excited for sewing those socks on. Although, you know, at first I was gonna just, you know, sew it on all the way around. But now I'm thinking I'm gonna try to just sew a button, buttons onto her shirt, and then just slip some holes, small holes into the socks so they can just be buttoned on. And hopefully that will be secure enough because that's a lot less sewing. And I don't have any interest in sewing anything ever. It takes a lot of time. I'm not good at it. I could do it. It would be secure. It'd be really secure. But if anyone who sews ever saw it, they would look at it and be like, oh my gosh, what did you do to this? This is not sewing. <laughs> so we'll see if the buttons work. You know, she wanted to be a ghost and a spider. I wanted to be ghost on top, spider on bottom. And now I'm thinking, wow, that would have been so much easier, actually. And I wouldn't have had to sew a single thing if I just flipped it. Spider on top, ghost on the bottom. Buy a black snow cap and glue a bunch of googly eyes on it, which is what we're going to do for her ghost costume, but with a white hat, and have that be the spider, and the rest be the ghost, and just have her wear all 
all white, white pants, white shirt. That's the ghost and the black cap with the eyes on it for the spider. I don't have to sew anything. All I got to do really is glue some eyes on a hat. That sounds so much better. Might not be as cute, but I don't know. I'm all about simple crafty. <laughs> but I don't know. We're kind of invested in the ghost spider now, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what she thinks. It'll be a surprise. Um, I'll make sure to take pictures of her and her brothers on Halloween and all their costumes, and I'll post them in the Facebook group. If you're not in there, you should be. That's our village, and you'll get cool updates from me about the podcast. Not about the podcast, all about momming and see cute pictures of my kids in their costumes and things like that. Which I want to see your guys' pictures. Please, please, please. I want to see pictures of your kids and, and your whole family, if you do that, um, in your costumes. I love when families do, like, uh, themed costumes all for the whole family. I want my kids to do that, but I think I'll have to wait until they're a little older because they're just not into it. They're all into their own things and all that, and they don't get why it's so cool yet, but they will. So, yeah. Pictures of you, your kids and your family in their costumes. I want to see your decorations, too. I will happily admit that I'm terrible, absolutely terrible with decorations, whether it's Halloween, Christmas, whatever. I love decorations, and I love to see them and walk around the neighborhood and look at everybody else's decorations. But like I said, not crafty. I have no idea what I'm doing. So show me yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh we try well we were supposed to do some decorating this year for halloween and well it's getting really close and it's not done um one of our neighbors across the street she is so sweet and is always sending me these really creative crafty things and stuff to do with the kids and one of them was specific to halloween using milk jugs to make these cool lanterns. You draw a face on it and put a little candle in it and set those out. And she even brought us over some milk jugs to do it with. And I have them. I did one. It's not quite enough yet. But I haven't really figured out how to get the little candle in it without cutting the jug because I don't want it to fill up with water if it rains or to ruin the little battery-operated candle. Um, also it's really windy here and I'm pretty sure that within a few hours, those milk jugs will be down the street decorating somebody else's house, I guess. So I don't know what to do with that. So I just haven't done anything with it. So our house just has four little like pie pumpkins out front that were painted, but we used, uh, kids washable paint because my kids paint and get it everywhere and it needs to be washable but of course the next day after we put them out there it rained for the first time in months <laughs> so the paint washed right off it's true it's washable paint <laughs> it it worked so that's our decorating this year that's a goal life goals get better at holiday decorating.
So show me yours, please. And I would love to hear about any other like Halloween traditions you have. Last year, we did do one really cool Halloween thing. Um, and it was our first time doing it and we were new to the neighborhood. So we thought, oh, this would be a cool little like, hey, <laughs> neighborhood. It kind of failed though, but we did boo baskets. We made up, I think two baskets and just did like, I don't even remember. I think we put some Halloween like monster cookies in there and some like homemade Halloween games that I printed off and laminated and put together. There might've been some Halloween stickers in there and stuff. And Micah and Aurora each got to pick a house to bring them to. And I made them go and drop them off, ring the bell and run. <laughs> and the idea was also in the basket was a, a little card that said, I've been booed. And the neighbor was supposed to put that like somewhere on their door window. So people would know that they've already been booed. And then they were supposed to boo somebody else and continue that. So it would spread throughout the neighborhood. We did start it late. I think it was like a week or less before Halloween. <laughs> Again, COVID uh, really messed up the whole month. And so neither of them continued it. I hope they liked it though. I hope their kids enjoyed the little surprises and stuff. But So that was something we did. Um, we didn't end up doing it this year, but my son wants to do, he wants to make the monster cookies again. And at first he said he wanted to bring them to people's houses. And then he decided he didn't want to do that. He just wants us to make a ton of cookies and have that be what we hand out on Halloween. I'm like, I don't think I can make enough cookies for that, but we can make some and hand them out until they're gone. And we'll also have Halloween candy to give out. So I think we're going to do that. Um, if you have any other cool Halloween traditions that you do, I'd love to hear about that. You can send me a message join the Facebook group and post it in there. However you want to do that, I would love to hear it. I'd love to see your pictures, all of that. But anyway, the whole point of this, um, yeah, so this year is just, I want to do all of it, all the Halloween stuff, but not just Halloween, but Thanksgiving. I've just been really feeling a bit sad about being away from my family and I guess it's just caught up to me now because it's been a, you know it's like the one year anniversary of the move and I didn't have time to <laughs> really feel it then because also after all that COVID stuff for the month of October after Halloween I forget when exactly but I think it was in November our house flooded yeah we had gotten a new dishwasher because the old one was it looked like and sounded like it was the original one with the house back from 1993 so we replaced it and it was fine for like maybe a week and then one night in the middle of the night 
the line where it, the dishwasher connects to the water popped off. And I remember sitting in bed with my husband, like we're on our computers or whatever. I'm like, what is that noise? Is that the dishwasher? It sounds really loud. And he's like, yeah, it's the dishwasher. It's fine. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll ignore it. Uh, bad idea. There was a reason it sounded loud. Sure, we thought it was just, you know, we still aren't used to the sounds of this house. It's different. And it's a new dishwasher. No, it sounded like it was raining because it was, basically. But we didn't realize it until 4 a.m. when Luca woke up crying. So I run out and I step out of our room and I'm like, why is there a pool of water? Like my feet are soaked through my socks. And I realized the dishwasher's still running. I'm like, that should have been done hours ago. And it's beeping and like, like what is going on? And I run over to it and I'm like, the kitchen, the dining room, the living room. And later we found out it went through the wall into our bedroom. Flooded. It was a disaster. So we have to figure out like, how do we turn this water off? We need to turn it off. And depending on where you're from, you might know how to do that. We thought we did. We did in our old house. But in Maine, in, in New England, most houses have basements. And that's where the water shutoff is. And we quickly realized we had no idea where it was here. It's not even in the house. It's on the side of the road, and on, in the sidewalk, in the ground. I don't remember how long it took us to figure that out. But too long. I think my husband actually didn't end up turning it off out there. I don't think we figured that out too much later. I think he turned it off under the sink, maybe. I don't even know. But so, yeah, just another disaster to, like, make it so I don't realize or think about the fact that we moved across the country away from everything I've ever known. So that was a whole, that was a whole thing. They had to rip up the floors in the baseboards and thank goodness we hadn't gotten any furniture yet we still had nothing we didn't have a dining table we didn't have a couch or anything the dining room and living room were just boxes which we had to move quickly out of there um there was some stuff that was that was ruined um and the water even made it to our room which, again, we didn't have much in there either. We had our bed. We didn't have any other furniture, really, in there. We didn't have nightstands or dressers or anything yet. So, thank goodness. Um, but, yeah, and we ended up having to replace our stove because it messed with the electrical and it stopped working. Um, and they replaced the dishwasher with one because that whole thing just destroyed the dishwasher somehow. I don't really know. Um, I guess because all that water soaked the, I don't know what you call it, the 
electrical system of it. I don't know. So, yeah. Just one thing after another. We just didn't, like, by Christmas, we still didn't have floors. So we didn't get a Christmas tree. It's like the saddest Christmas ever as far as that sort of stuff. And just, again, not being with our family. Like, when we lived in Maine, we there was, even there, like, we didn't live super close to our family. Like, the closest family member that we lived to was probably my youngest brother, who lived in Maine, too. But he was also two and a half, three hours away. So it was still really far. But holidays were our thing. Like, we got together on holidays. Not that we got together on Halloween. But I think it's just making me think about it now just because all the stuff that happened last year but Thanksgiving we'd all go to my sister Alicia's house me my husband my kids my brother and his wife my other sister and her husband and my dad when he was alive would be there too um, there were times when our aunts and my nana would be there so it was just that was our family time and it wasn't a lot even then when we were able to have it. it was never enough and now it's nothing there's no family time with our extended family and I it, that's just I guess somehow it's only hitting me now <laughs> like a year into it probably because we haven't been able to go back because my husband's job well he didn't start working until January which was I mean totally planned and intended we wanted him to have that time off like he didn't start applying for jobs until I think December maybe November because the plan was for him to have that time off with us for us all to get to know our area and spend that quality time together and to also get our house set up a bit before he had to go back to work. So he hasn't built up a whole lot of time off and he's been kind of forced to take days off here and there throughout because they're short, not short, um, but he works in a surgery outpatient clinic thing. So if there's not enough surgeries, they don't need you there. So you get sent home. So it's been hard for him to build up that time off and also flying across the country is expensive everything's expensive right now so we just can't do it and um so that's been really hard to be so far away from them and just it's really been hitting me you know your family that you're born into that's supposed to be like your built-in village that's how you build a village normally it's with the people you grow up with but when you move away that all changes so i don't have my built-in village i mean i have them they're still in my life but it's not the same and um 
So that's a big part of why I started this, because I know how important it is to have that village, to have those connections. And it just, it's important for your health and wellness and for you to be you, for you to feel like yourself. You know, you need those people in your life. So if you are like me, living away from your built-in village, I would love to hear from you and what that's been like for you and how you've handled it and what you've done to keep those connections. Like my sister Jen and I, every single week, with few exceptions, we get on Zoom same time, same day, every week. And we chat about whatever. And we're, and I feel like we've actually gotten closer since I moved because of that. Because just knowing that we're so far away, we felt like we needed that more. And so we actually talk more, which is kind of cool and sad at the same time. She did come out here and visit us, which was really great to see her and her husband but then, of course, they have to go home and go back to their lives, and that's hard. So, yeah, tell me all about how you came to live away from your village and what it's been like, what you do to try to keep those connections strong, and join us in the Facebook group so that you can be a part of this village. There's going to be a lot going on in there that will be helpful for all mamas, whether you live away from your natural village or not. So please, please join us there. We would love to have you. And again, I want to see all those Halloween costumes. That's the best part of Halloween. It's my favorite because, I mean, everyone loves to dress up, of course, especially kids and pretend to be whatever it is they pick. But it's more than just pretending to be someone or something else, right? It's actually like a big expression of who you are. It can tell a lot about you, like what you like, how you feel about certain things, and your personality in it. So I think it's really cool, and I'd love to see that from all of you guys. Um, yeah, so I hope to hear from you guys, and have a very, very happy Halloween. <laughs>